First lesson this morning is from Acts chapter 11 and verses 1 to 18. And it's a great reading. I read it before I came. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to the uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, And it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire house will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. This is the word of God. David, I got so carried away. Wonderful, thank you for that reading. Wow. I'm lower church than Bimby. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself. And will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. 
And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Father, may the words that I speak this morning be spirit and truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Have you ever been misunderstood? You said something to someone that you thought was really important, but they missed the point and went off on something completely different. If so, join the club. It happened to Jesus numerous times, including here in the upper room. In our brief gospel reading, and indeed in the context of Peter's report in Acts 11, the Lord has said something really important, really vital only to have it missed. Lord, where are you going? My prayer for this morning, as I've been thinking and praying and preparing, is that we, neither I nor you, will fall into that trap. For I believe what the Lord has to say to us this morning is something that we must, I repeat, must take note of. What is it? It's none other than Jesus' words, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. A new commandment? First of all, what's this new bit? Well, actually, in the original Greek, which I know you're all familiar with, um, the word new is the English translation of a word kainos. Kainos. But it's not any old word for new. It's a word used very specially for something that is of a new kind. It's unprecedented. It's novel. It's uncommon. It's unheard of. 
So it's not new in the sense that you might have a new car or buy a new coat. It's not even the word that Jesus uses when he talks about new wine and new wineskins. But it is the same word used quite rarely in the New Testament. It is the same word when Paul talks about those of us who are in Christ being a new creation, a kainos creation. Equally, it's the word that's used in Revelation at the end where we read of the new kainos, heaven and earth. Hence, Jesus is saying to the disciples, not for the first time, dear old Peter missed it. This is something to sit up and take notice. It's not any old instruction. It's a new commandment. This is special. But not only is it new, it's a commandment. So it's not a new option, which I can take it or leave it. It's not a new idea or a new fashion. It's a commandment from the one who issued the ten all those centuries ago in Exodus 20. Thus this morning, we, you and me, we need to take note of what Jesus is saying. It's no little cosy greeting we might see in a birthday card. It's a new commandment from the Lord and Creator of the universe. So what is this new commandment? It's to love one another. Really? Is that it? Perhaps that's why Peter missed it and went on to worry about where Jesus was going. So I ask again, what's new about it, especially in this kainos new? Surely we already have love your neighbour as yourself. I was reminded this morning of a quip from G.K. Chesterton between the wars. He was one for wonderful little quips. He wrote this once. The Bible tells us to love our neighbours and also to love our enemies. Probably because generally they're the same people. But we're already familiar with love your neighbour as yourself, whether from Jesus quoting it in the Gospels or from the original in Leviticus. So what's new? The answer is plain to see. Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. Do you see, 
He has raised the bar of our standard of love. Way beyond ourselves. We are not just to love people as we love ourselves. I'll come back to that in a minute. But we are to love as Jesus loves. That's part of what's new. That's massive. It's radical. It's new. But may I suggest that there's something even more profound than this, even more profound than Jesus' new commandment. It is this. It's the basis of that new commandment, the foundation, if you like, of that new commandment. What is that? It is the new covenant which Jesus announced in the same upper room that evening, recorded in the other Gospels. This, is, this cup is the new, guess what, kainos, the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So this new commandment is based on, and as we shall see in a moment, enabled by the new covenant. The new commandment is enabled by the new covenant. What do I mean by it's enabled? Well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it, that this new commandment that we are to love as Jesus loved, we ain't going to do it. We aren't going to manage it, in our own strength at least. Indeed, it's always struck me that even the Old Testament love your neighbour as yourself is hardly possible when so many people actually don't love themselves very much, let alone their neighbours. But because this new commandment is based on, founded on, enabled by the new covenant, we have the promise of the Spirit. Later in the same Upper Room Discourse in chapter 14 of John's Gospel, we read this. I'm sure you'll all remember it. If you love me, said Jesus, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. That advocate being the Holy Spirit. Some, of course, have read that if you love me, you will keep my commandments as a threat. But it's not a threat, it's a promise. So however falteringly 
we may seek to love as Jesus loved us, as we love him, empowered by his spirit, we will be enabled to love others as he loves them. Wow. But I want to look now at the breadth and depth of this new commandment. Love is a very simple, short word which runs off the tongue so easily. And it means a multitude of things. But in the Bible, it has a very special meaning. Back when I was a vicar in 2008 in Chatham, we had an eight-week sermon series on this very new commandment. We looked at how Jesus loved and therefore how we are called to love. Don't worry, I'm not going to cover all eight of those sermons this morning. But I would like to just mention a few of the titles. He loved by service. He loved by laying down his life for others. He loved by forgiving. He loved by trusting. He loved by encouraging. He loved by discipling, which included teaching and correcting. But there is one aspect of this loving that I really want to emphasise this morning. Jesus is not making this loving one another as he loved us an end in itself. A cosy little tete-a-tete, if you like. Far from it. For he goes on to say, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This love is not just for us here this morning. It's not just for every other little group of people meeting anywhere in the world to worship God on the Sabbath. None of us must ever forget John 3.16. God so loved the world. Peter forgot that when he was dreaming of lunch on that roof in Joppa. Amazingly, Jesus died for me. Please don't all nod. But Jesus died for me and for you. But even more amazing, he died for all the not-so-nice people as are sitting here this morning. He died for that obnoxious neighbour. He died for that cruel, warmongering dictator. 
He died for that drug peddling yob. But how will they know he died for them unless we show them? Yes, we, I trust, will have opportunities to tell them. But Jesus, in this new commandment, points to the way, the foundation, if you like, is how we love one another. Because if our words and our actions don't meet, they will be empty and without power. This, I say, friends, is our challenge today and for every day. The overall title of that sermon series back in 2008 was Growing Together. We see it over and over again in the infant church in Acts chapter 2. They were all together. All the believers were together. They continued to meet together. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. Even Peter's first sermon, we read, Peter stood up with the eleven. I believe that one of the greatest challenges, greatest dangers facing the church today, I don't mean just here, I mean every church across the land, every denomination, every church of every size, is the cult of individualism. Of course, in a church like ours, there's a right emphasis on each of us having a personal commitment to Jesus. God has no grandchildren. But if we're not careful, that individual relationship with Jesus panders to our what's-in-it-for-me culture. But Jesus taught in word and deed, and not least in this new commandment that is important as accepting him, accepting his invitation to repent and believe and follow him. We are to do so together. Whilst I'm sure we're all grateful that over the worst of the lockdown, we were able to continue with YouTube. And we're grateful that there are people even now in this church who found out about us from afar because of seeing us on YouTube. And it has its continual benefits for those who are truly housebound or for some reason can't make a particular Sunday like my dear Jenny, who's not well today. But too many 
I'm not pointing the finger at anybody specifically in this church because I know from conversations with church leaders it's nationwide. Too many people are continuing to miss the essential togetherness of coming on a Sunday. Rather, they are choosing to watch on YouTube. Not even on a Sunday, but just when it's convenient. Indeed, somebody said to me some weeks ago, when they were on a very rare visit to the church, I said to them, I haven't seen you for quite a while. Have you not been well or... Is there something else? And I was shocked by what they said. They said, well, it's so much more convenient to watch the service when I've got a moment. And the recent Lent course, somebody came up to me a while back and said, really enjoyed your Lent course talks, Keith. I came to the first one and then it was easier to listen to the recording. Indeed, during the Lent course, people broke into small groups and discussed things for a longer time than my talk. And then again, across the church, There are people who only come when they're rotated to do something. Otherwise you don't see them. That reminded me of the old joke about the man who was single and still lived with his mother. One Sunday morning he didn't come down for breakfast. So she called up to him and got no answer. So she went upstairs and banged on his bedroom door. What? It's time for church. Give me one good reason I should bother. You're the vicar. (laughs) During the two weeks that Jenny and I sadly missed church through COVID, Easter and the following Sunday, we both realised how watching the service on YouTube was absolutely no substitute for being here. The world picks and chooses what it fancies. We, the church, don't have that option. We have a new commandment, the keeping of which is to be the most powerful witness to Jesus. Let us all hear, or if you are watching online, simply by choice, not because of your work or because you're not well or you have other genuine limitations. Let us all recommit ourselves to growing 
together in love that others may know that we are his disciples and so encounter Jesus in us together. Before I read those verses again, I was struck on Thursday morning on the Today programme on Radio 4 at breakfast, an interview. I can't remember the chap's name, but he was one of the senior inventors with Apple, the man who invented the iPod. He was on because apparently Apple are going to stop making the iPod. But he was asked, what is going to be the next level of us communicating after social media and Zoom and all that sort of thing? Apparently another whiz kid of electronics had said it's going to be wearing these special uh, reality things. But the Apple man said, that's not what we want. We want people to meet face to face. We want people to get together. I give you a new commandment, said Jesus, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Amen.